If you're a guest with us today and you thought that was completely weird, it will make sense to you in a couple of minutes. My name's Kevin. I serve as the lead pastor here. As we kind of spend our time looking at the Bible this morning, I got a quick question for you. Do you find it difficult to trust people? I don't know about you, but uh, as I look around in the world that we live in today, we don't seem to be very trusting of people around us. I was doing a little bit of research on professions that are the most trusted in Canada. Maybe a little bit of audience participation as we kick this off today. Shout out, what do you think the most trusted profession in Canada is, according to this research that was done by Global News? Most trusted position in Canada. What job is the most trusted in our country? Shout it out. Politician. Politician. Most. (laughs) Actually, that came in dead last. Dead last in our country. Nurses. That's it. Nurses, number one, tied with firefighters. Because anyone who jumps into a burning building to save your butt for no reason whatsoever, and these nurses who deal with our crap, literally, okay, you will still get an email on Monday morning. (laughs) These people who just give and give and give sacrificially with no signs, no reason behind it. For some reason, those are the people that we trust. And those people who seem to manipulate, seem to take advantage of, lie, not seem to be the most honest, are those we don't. And what's really funny is I was reflecting on this topic of trust this week. Maybe just quick show of hands. We'll do a little bit more participation here. Who was a teenager in the 80s in this room? If you were a teenager during the 80s, There's a few of us here. You're my people, okay? Maybe a few more hands. And some of you are trying to do the math. (laughs) Carry the two. If you have to do the math to figure out if you were a teenager in in, in the 80s, (laughs) you're older than that, okay? Just anyways. But it's funny. As I'm thinking about this idea of, you know, trusted professions, I was thinking back in the 80s. When people seem to think, we talk about the glory days, right? We talk about the good old days all the time. Like, those days were better. You know what? What do you think the most trusted profession was in the 80s? Nurses. Guess what the most distrusted profession was in the 80s? Politicians. It's not changed in a whole bunch of years. I don't want to do the math. 40 years. I was thinking about my life back in 1985. In 1985, I was a teenager. I um, quite, a, a little bit of confession right now, I didn't trust anybody as a teenager. I didn't trust anybody or anything. Now, I came from a, a, a good home, a decent home. You know, I was, you know had the things that were available to families in the 80s. I mean, we had stuff, like we all have stuff. But I didn't trust anybody. I didn't trust government. I didn't trust school. I didn't trust teachers. I didn't trust the church. Definitely didn't trust my friends. Those were the most untrustworthy group of guys I ever hung out with. Like the way we do to each other as friends is barbaric. 
But I grew up in this whole notion of not trusting anybody. And maybe you're kind of relating with that kind of idea that, yeah, it's hard to trust people. It's hard to trust. Like, what do you do when you're 16 years old and you find yourself being chased by Libyan terrorists? And you find yourself, in order to save your life, jumping into this DeLorean that was put together by your crazy scientist friend. And what do you do when you're trying to escape these terrorists and you hit this switch and you just want to gun it to get away from these bad guys and you suddenly hit 88 miles an hour? And in a flash, you show up in 1955. (laughs) And you show up in 1955, you're scared, you're confused, you don't know what to do. So you do what any good red-blooded American teen would do. You go into town and you prevent your parents from ever meeting. (laughs) What do you do? Who do you turn to? Who do you trust when you find yourself in incredibly difficult situations? (laughs) So we're in week one of our series at the movies. If you're new with us here at Greenbelt, what we do every summer, we spend four weeks and we look at famous Hollywood movies. And what I attempt to do, sometimes not as successfully as others, but what I attempt to do is find the biblical truth hidden deeply into these movies. See, we're a culture of stories. We love a good story. And the movies excite us, they hit our heartstring, they bring tears to our eyes, they're able to scare us. I don't understand what is it about a plastic monster on a screen that can terrify us and keep us up at night. I know it's fake, I know it's fake. (laughs) Can't sleep for days after watching it. As we connect to these stories, that's what I like to do, is use these stories as a backdrop to point us to some truth that we find in the Bible. So if you haven't figured out what this is, today we're talking about the movie Back to the Future. If you haven't seen it, the movie came out in 1984. Okay, so the whole warning of spoilers is lifted. (sighs) Okay, it's older than some of you in this room, okay? So uh, I'm giving away the ending. Yeah, I'll give away the ending. Anyways, in this movie, Back to the Future, it's the story of a teenage boy, Marty McFly. He's the typical teenager in 1985. Right, he's into rock and roll. He loves his girlfriend. Right, and he has dreams of getting out of the small, dreary town that he lives in. He loves his family, but his family's just not very cool. They're kind of dorky. They're losers. They're taken advantage of by everybody around them. And he just longs for something more in life. Now, the teenage boy, his closest friend is Dr. Emmett Brown, the local scientist. Back in the 50s, Emmett Brown was one of the richest people in Hill Valley. But he had this vision, this dream that came to him of time travel. And so he spent his entire family fortune to make that big one, that dream of his, come true. He creates a time-traveling device in a DeLorean car powered by plutonium. And it needs 1.21 gigawatts of electricity of power in order to make the jump. 
And in order to get his hands on this plutonium to make his time machine work, Doc Brown steals it from terrorists. And the terrorists find out and come after Doc and Marty. In order to escape, Doc is shot and killed. Marty jumps into the time machine, guns it to get away, and finds himself in a flash in 1955. Scared, alone, and not knowing who to trust. And the only person he can trust in such a situation is the guy who invented the time machine, Doc Brown. So he grabs the phone book, finds where he lives in the 50s, and shows up at his home. Let's watch this clip. So do you find it difficult to trust people when you find yourself in a difficult situation? A lot of people, the answer to that is yes. I do. What about this? Do you find it difficult to trust God when you find yourself in a difficult situation? Sadly, the answer for a lot of people is still yes. That we struggle in the difficulties of life of figuring out who we should trust. You see, the Bible has a lot to say on the topic of trust. It has a lot to say on the things that, by default, we naturally trust. But the Bible warns us again and again and again and again to not trust the things that we naturally lean towards trusting. Like, just some examples. The Bible warns us again and again and again not to trust untrustworthy people. The Bible calls those people fools. See, a fool is someone who knows what they should do, but doesn't do it. When we trust someone who says one thing, but does another, the Bible warns us against trusting untrustworthy people. The Bible also warns us to not trust what we see in a given situation. You see, any situation that you find yourself in, that I find myself in, we, um, be, we put up blinders. And we only see the situation from our point of view. And because I'm my favorite person on the entire planet, just like you are your favorite person on the entire planet... We see our situation from our perspective, our viewpoint, my feelings, my emotions. And the Bible warns us not to trust that. Don't trust just looking at situations from a certain understanding. The Bible warns us again and again and again to not put our trust in wealth. Now, wealth is a good thing. There's nothing evil about it. There's nothing wrong with saving for retirement and saving for your education and putting money away. But if that's where your trust is, the Bible warns us to not do that. The Bible even warns us to not even trust our own heart. We live in a day and an age and a culture that says, trust your feelings. Your feelings will never steer you wrong. And the Bible says that the human heart is wicked and is deceitful and lies to you. 
your own feelings and your own emotions <laughs> bring us down bad paths sometimes. <laughs> Trust your feelings. You know it to be true. No, that's a different movie. <laughs> the Bible warns us again and again and again that there's only one person that you and I should trust. And it's God himself. In any situation we find ourselves in, in anything that we're dealing with, the Bible teaches us again and again and again that the only one who is trustworthy, the only thing that we should put our trust in is God. Now in the movie Back to the Future, Marty runs to Doc Brown because he knows him. You see, everyone in town thinks Doc is a nut job. Everyone in town thinks Doc is a loser. Everyone in town thinks that, every, that Marty should stay away from Doc Brown. But because Marty knows him, knows him in a way that nobody else knows him, he is able to run to him in the most difficult situation he finds himself in. He has just erased himself from existence. Now, you and I may never face a problem like that, of erasing ourselves from existence, stopping our parents from meeting, but you and I will deal with stuff each and every day, and we have got to learn to trust God to trust God in whatever we are dealing with. I want to read for you here from Proverbs chapter 3. If you're not familiar with the Bible, Proverbs is what's called a book of wisdom. It's called wisdom literature. These are not commandments. These are not verses in the Bible that are to be obeyed. It's wisdom literature. That means this is just the way the world works. It's the way God made the world. And you don't even have to be a Christian to, uh, to realize, yeah, there's some truth to this. For example, not the one I'm going to read, but just to prove the point, when the Bible says the companion of fools suffers harm, but he who walks with the wise becomes wise. Right? That's not a commandment that you should hang out with wise people. That's not a commandment to stay away from fools. It's just the way life works. How many of you have suffered harm because your life was a little too close to a fool? If they're sitting beside you, don't put your hand up. <laughs> okay? But that happens, right? We take the shrapnel because of other people's foolishness. It's not a commandment. It's just a universal principle on how God has made the world. And so Proverbs chapter 3, the author who's bestowing this wisdom onto his children, talks about this idea of trusting God. Proverbs chapter 3, I'm going to read in verse uh, 5 to 7. It says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, Submit to him, and he will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. See, it's important to understand these are it's, it's three verses, and there's so much depth in these three little verses. I could have done three weeks 
just in these three verses. See, when the Hebrew people, the Jewish people, when they talk about the heart, see, your heart is the, the center of your being. Everything that you are comes from your heart. If you're familiar with the teachings of Jesus, Jesus warned religious people. See, the religious people were worried about what they were eating, what they were consuming, washing their hands, keeping their religious ceremonies. And Jesus said, dude, no, he didn't say dude. That's the Kevin paraphrase. But Jesus said, come on, people. He didn't say that either. I'm paraphrasing. But he said, what you eat and put into your body is not making you unclean. It's what's already in your heart that comes out of you in your speech, in your actions, in the way you treat people, in the way you talk to people around you, the way you think. That all comes from your heart. For the Hebrew person, that is the center of who you are. And the author here in Proverbs says, trust in the Lord with the entirety, the centrality of your being. Holy smokes. That's huge. Do we trust God that way? Lean not on your own understanding. Now, we're a a lot of smart people in this room. We're well-educated. We go to the right schools. We go to the right programs. We study the the Bible. We, we, We have understanding. But the author reminds us, if you're leaning on that, you're in trouble. He talks about this path. If you could trust God with this centrality of who you are, it'll be like you're just walking down a straight path. You'll be able to see clearly where you're going. When you're driving down a windy road and every bend and every turn and every corner and you don't know where you're going, it's hard to trust, easy to trust when the road is straight. (laughs) So there's so much in here that, that the author is saying that we have got to learn to trust God in any situation that we find ourselves in with the centrality of who you are, of who I am. That's how we need to trust God. And you might be sitting there going, holy, I don't know how to do that. And that's what I want us to spend some time exploring together. Because this is the big idea, right? We can trust God completely in every situation. But you cannot trust a God that you do not fully know. You cannot trust a God that you don't know. You cannot trust a God that you don't understand. And you cannot trust a God that you've never experienced. So we have to learn to trust God. We can trust him when we know his character, when we experience his presence. So how do we learn to trust him more? I'm going to pull this from the Back to the Future story and from this text that we're looking at, right? How do we learn to trust him more? The first thing that we need to do, and if you're taking notes, I encourage you to write these things down. These are good talking points over dinner. Fun to talk about your family and how God is working in your life. But how do you learn to trust God more? The first thing is, is you have to learn more who he is. You have to learn more who he is. Right, the verse here says, lean not on your own understanding. You see, Marty McFly, he's a, he's a 17-year-old kid. 
in a time-traveling device with no plutonium. Figure it out. <laughs> ah, no clue. Not even a clue where to begin. And every time he tried to fix the situation, he makes it worse and worse and worse. He prevents his parents from meeting. This, the event when his mother was supposed to meet the father was his grandfather hit his father with a car. But Marty saw his father about to get hit by the car. And being a loving, caring, thoughtful person, he pushes his father out of the way and he is hit by the car. Just ruined that magical moment of his parents meeting. And then he tries to get his parents to meet. He tries to encourage his father to ask his mother out. And everything he does makes his mother fall more in love with him. It's really kind of an icky movie when you watch it and you think of some of the details of it. It's like, <laughs> okay. But it happens, I guess, if you have a time-traveling device. See, Marty's constantly trying to lean on his own understanding of the situation, and every step of the way he keeps making it worse. <laughs> so he's got to seek other help. Lean not on your own understanding. Right? Too many people outside and inside the church are leaning so heavily on our own understanding of God. You see, I don't know if you have ever heard conversations like this i don't know if you've ever said conversations like this but i hear these phrases used more and more and it's this i could never believe in a god who dot 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 i could never follow a god who allows dot 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 i could never trust a god who doesn't dot 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 you see, when we do that, when the people around us do that, we're leaning on our own understanding of God. That's actually called, the Bible calls that idea idolatry, which means creating a different God. When we create God in our image, in our likeness, to accomplish the things that we want, that we desire, we are not getting to know the God who is. We're creating the God we want. That's foolishness, according to the Bible. The Bible gives us the picture of who God is. The Bible gives us these stories and these verses and this teaching so that we can get to know God, so that we can stop leaning on our own understanding, but trusting in the God who is. And I know the challenge in this day and age is actually reading this, because <laughs> we're busy, and we have things to do, and there's a lot going on in life. And, and, and there's so many other things that are requiring my time and my attention, and i got to lean on my understanding in so many different things that are going on, work, school, bills, illness, everything else that is hitting me. And God wants us to get to know him. And he's given us his word to do so. 
And sometimes we make, I don't know what, how it happened, but we made Bible reading into a punishment. When I was a teenager in the 80s, and in the religious school that I went to, when we were in trouble, we got sent to this desk in the corner, and we had to grab our big, thick French-Canadian Bible and copy passages from it when we were in trouble. <laughs> we teach people that you go to the Bible when you're in trouble. <laughs> so we go, yeah, so of course I don't want to go to it because it means I'm in trouble. <laughs> But we have it to spend time in it so that we can learn more who he is. That's why I'm so grateful for like these tools and these resources that we have today. This is why one of the things I've just started doing recently is I do these like devotions on my cell phone. And there's like these devotions that you can do like some Bible verses and some reading. And, and I've opened it up and I started doing it more with people from the church. Just saying, hey, if you want to do these devotions with me, you know, I send invitations and, and we just do it together. And, and it's just kind of a way to just spur each other on and encourage each other. It takes like three minutes a day. If you're really super religious, it might take you 12, you know, but it, it's just a way that we can be encouraging one another. And if you want to be a part of that, like that's one of those things I can do that with 500 people. Like that, that's easy. So just send me an email, kevin at greenbelt.church and just say you want to be part of that devotion through the YouVersion Bible app. And it's just a way that we can intentionally spend more time together getting to know God, encouraging one another in that, because you cannot trust a God you do not know. And you cannot trust a God that you've created, because that God doesn't exist, and that God's going to let you down, because he's not real. So the first thing, if you want to learn to trust God more, you have got to learn who he is. The second thing, if you want to learn to trust God more, is you have to follow where he brings you. You need to follow where he brings you. The passage here in Proverbs, it continues. It says in verse 6 of chapter 3, In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your path straight. In all your ways, submit to him. Now, the original Hebrew here, the best way that this is translated is all your ways, not some of your ways. We've gotten good. I've gotten good at making little boxes in my life. I'm a guy. My brain works with boxes. I spend time in one box. Don't talk to me about something else. I'm in my fix the, fix the kitchen box. Do I pay the bills? I don't know. I'm doing the flooring. <laughs> okay? One box at a time. Right? In all your ways, not just your religious box, not just your Christian box, in all the boxes of your life, in all of your ways, submit. And submission's hard especially if you don't know God. Why would you submit to someone you don't know? Why would you submit to someone you don't trust? You got to get to know him in order to be able to submit to him. You see, Doc Brown comes up with a way to send Marty back to the future. He comes up with the way that the energy that they need to power the time machine can only happen with a bolt of lightning. And the problem is, you don't know when a bolt of lightning is going to strike. But they do. 
Because Marty knows the future. He knows on Saturday night at 10.04 p.m., lightning is going to strike the clock tower. So Doc Brown says, what we're going to do is we're going to take a lightning bolt and we're going to put it in your car. You're going to get hit by lightning and you're going to go back to the future. Oh, that sounds great. But watch this. Sometimes God's plan seems crazy. It does. When life is busy and you feel like there's no time and God calls you to serve and be a blessing to other people, that sounds crazy. When we're trying to pinch all of our pennies and because we're trying to save up money and money is tight, the idea of giving money to the work of the church, tithing, that's ludicrous. Quitting my job, my good, high-paying, six-figure job and becoming a pastor, that's crazy talk. See, sometimes God's plan for us seems nuts. It seems crazy. Go on that mission trip. Talk to that person. Tell somebody about Jesus. Volunteer in an area of ministry. Whatever that might be for you. God calls you somewhere. God wants to bring you somewhere. And you will grow in your trust of God when you actually follow him there. So first, if you want to learn to trust God more, we have to learn who he is. Second, we have to follow where he brings us. And ultimately, you can't do either of those things if you don't know number three. You have to know he loves you. You have to deeply, with your entire heart, soul, mind, and strength, know how much God loves you. He loves you so much. That he would die for you. See, God loves you so much that he's not expecting you to be religious. He doesn't have all these rules and these commandments for you to keep. He's not trying to make you be a good girl or a good boy to earn his love. God doesn't even show his love for you by the blessings that he gives you. God proved his love for you when Jesus died on the cross for you. You see, humanity was trapped in sin, in our own way, in our own understanding, wanting to be our own God, being in control of our own lives, and we keep messing up. And that sin in my life, in your life, kept driving us, every decision kept driving us further and further away from God, and humanity to this day still creates man-made religion in order to look good, in order to please the gods to earn their favor. And the Bible actually teaches us that none of us are good enough, none of us are religious enough, and if we tried to do that, we'd just brag about it anyways, about how good we are and how awesome we are. But God in his mercy died for us, that he sent Jesus to be born of a virgin, to live a sinless life, to teach and point people to the kingdom of God. He allowed sinful men and women to arrest him, to accuse him, to condemn him, to crucify him. The most painful way for a human being to be able to die in those days. He's put in a tomb where he stays for three days. And then God raises him from the dead. Victory over sin. Victory And then he ascends back to heaven and sends his spirit to come and indwell us and empower us. And he did all of that because he loves us. Because he loves us. 
You see, Doc Brown loves Marty McFly. He will do everything possible to get him back home to his life. Even almost risking his own life to get him back to the future. Watch this. I think it's pretty funny how he crashed into a church. It's funny, I didn't even notice that. I watched the movie last night, and it's got like Jesus saves, and you know, salvation is free written all over that church building in the movie. I never noticed that before. But you know what? Sometimes following God feels like you're in a DeLorean going 88 miles per hour, being hit by lightning. Sometimes that's what it feels like, but it's the best ride in the world because he loves us. And he has a path for us, and he's bringing us somewhere, and we're getting to know him more and more. If you want to trust God in anything that you are dealing with, learn who he is, follow where he brings you, and trust beyond a shadow of a doubt that he loves you. Let's pray. Father God, we praise you and thank you that we could worship you here. And God, we are grateful for your incredible love for us. Love that we did not earn. Love that we do not deserve. But God, because of your mercy, because of your justice, you have dealt with our sin on the cross. That Jesus, in the ultimate act of love, would die for us. Who were lost in our sin, lost in darkness, lost in our own understanding. So, Father, we are so grateful for your love. And maybe you're here today, and this this concept of God's love and God's sacrifice like this, this might be new for you. And I just want you to know that um, you can welcome God's love into your life in a real easy way. You don't need to take a 10-week course. You don't need a theology degree. The Bible just tells us that if you believe that Jesus rose from the dead, if you believe in your heart that he did that to pay for your sin, and you accept that, the book of Romans, written by the Apostle Paul, says you become new. You become born again. You become one of the family of God just by that act of believing that Jesus died for you. And you can do that real easy even today. And for the rest of us who struggle with trusting God, I pray that we would spend more time in his word, spend more time encouraging each other in his word, pray that we would actually do the things that he calls us to do. And never doubt his love. Never doubt his love, even when it looks crazy in our own understanding.